Hey fateys, I'm DM Brad and this is chapter 2, episode 8 of The Fate of Ison. Thanks for downloading, listening and recommending us to your cat. Big thanky pankies to our totally wicked Patreon donors, Alex White Robinson, person who wants to stay anonymous, Robert Baldino, Irene Cucci and Laura Christine Goodwin. You are the wind beneath our wings and the magic beneath our wands. Is that how wands work? Ah, you get the sentiment. Speaking of Alex White Robinson, in this episode we are joined by a very special guest. Alex White Robinson! That's right, our first ever Patreon supporter is now sitting down at the table with us, playing in our weird and wonderful story. Oosh. Alright, here's the recap of what went down in episode 7. Band 4, Marley, Trestlespoon and Spritey McSteamface faced off against a terrifying boulette and barely came away with their lives. After the fight, a woman named Taran appeared and demanded the glowing blue stone the boulette left behind. The Squadeth eventually gave it to her, and after a brief exchange of very important, world-spanning information, she went on her way. <laughs> okay, so... Right, let's see if I can be in a better headspace than last time. <clears throat> Three, two, one, we're cleansed, we're creative, we're together. <laughs> and hey guys, it's a pleasure to be here. That's the best opening we've had to an episode in a long time. Oh, like ages. Hey, look, I know that I'm better than you. Oh, fuck. Welcome, listeners. <laughs> Yay, just right from the start. Welcome to this state of uh, peacefulness. And I, I guess, is peacefulness a word or is it just peace? I don't know. Clarity and a certain je ne sais quoi. Also, oh, love can, and understanding. Can I just say, ah, who's that? <laughs> um, yes, Jules is reacting with fright to uh, someone who is sitting in um, the place of our good friend Josh, aka Trisselspoon, who can't join us today. Ah! Um, uh, but uh, we I'm okay are, with it. <laughs> we are joined by a special guest. Uh, you have heard his name on this show many, many times before. We've said it out loud uh, in almost every single episode. He is, uh, in fact, is he had a character. He is. He has had a character named after him. He is one of our. Well, he is our very first ever Patreon donor, Mr. Alex White Robinson. Huge fan. Huge fan. I really fan. like. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I really like his character too. You know. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. Does the weasel come back? Oh, you mean it's going to be difficult. No, not his named character. Oh, not yeah. like yeah. The NPC uh, lieutenants White and Robinson, and they're adapted into a weasel, Alex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need a comeback scene from those oh, guys. Trust me, <laughs> they have a big thing happening with a lot of other NPCs. Nice. There's something that River is about to walk into. Cool. And it involves a lot of NPCs from the past. And oh, it's delicious. I'm I'm very excited about it. Um. Okay. This is episode 8 of chapter 2, and here is a quick recap of what happened last time. Uh, Band 4 Marley, Trestlespoon, and Spritey McSteamface uh, <laughs> fought with a very tough creature called a boulette, uh, which burst out of the ground, carrying a glowing blue stone in its mouth. Uh, you narrowly defeated it, um, barely surviving, then were immediately found by a woman in a green traveler's cloak, uh, who called herself Tarin and wanted the stone for herself. Uh, after an inhospitable start, you eventually came around to her, and she revealed she was searching for the wielder, whom you know to be in the city of Wilshane, to the northwest. Uh, you shared this information, and, she, and you let her have the stone before she went on her way. Uh, you all made camp right there on the road in the middle of a thin forest in the <laughs> afternoon. Um, Trestlespoon went to sleep on a bed of apples. 
Marley and Spritey slept in her tent, and Banfor and his mice made a camp in and around the slashed-up Boulette corpse. <laughs> That's right. I like, forgot about that. Like That's a, a story. Ta- like a tauntaun on Hoth. Um, you slept but in... Like a tauntaun covered in jowers. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to keep within that universe, you know. Uh, yeah, so that's where we are. Um, the night passes without incident. Um, but in the morning, uh, you wake up to a uh, bright sun shining through the trees, and you all uh, have this idea, like almost like an overpowering, powerful inspiration to open the dimension locker. Ah, is this what they call railroading? This is what you call Hadet being the god of knowledge and inspiration. Yeah, and I mean, he, he is a god. Yeah. You know, so you can give him that. Um, just administration-wise, did we heal and rest? Yes, you had, yeah. a, you had a full rest. Yeah. So we're, we're back up to max HP. You sure are. Cool. Um, well, seeing as I have the dimension locker key on my person, I guess I so go... Tristan Trist, uh-huh. wakes up and the first thing he says to you is, he says, Well, Marley, can, let's, open, let's, let's open the thing. Yeah, weirdly, I feel like I need to do that too. Uh, Banfor says, weirdly, I feel like I don't need to have a shit, and goes <laughs> off for a shit. <laughs> cool. Me too! <laughs> and Sprite z- zips off after you into the trees. I presume you go into the trees. Uh, he does. No, I go no, to the no. camp and maintain eye contact. <laughs> um, but also, um, to Sprite McSteam face, I say, uh, hey, mate, I, I mean, I understand that you need to go but I'm kind of going here. So it's weird for you to come with me. If we were going to pee, fine. Uh, but to poo next to someone, weird. Okay, you know? gotcha. And he zips off deep into the trees. Uh, and as he as he disappears out of earshot, you, you hear like the fading sound of him going, gotta make some pixie dust. Bamford <laughs> uh, turns to uh, one of the faces that he's cut off a person and goes, what a fucking weirdo, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tristan Spoon is standing eagerly next to Marley uh, as she gets the dimension locker off of her person. Cool. And and I stick the lock in the air, I hold my little shieldy thing, and then turn it. Okay. Uh, you hear Haydet's voice say, I see you met Taran. Well, I know her as Anfa. If you have any questions about her, just ask. I've never met her in person, but I know what others throughout history have known about her. She's certainly an enigmatic one. Much less blunt than her sister. Oh, uh, and I almost forgot. Marley and Trestlespoon, throw your magic weapons in the locker when you get a chance. I feel like tinkering. Um, I would help with yours too, Banfor, but I feel like another god is already taking care of that. Hey, watch out. Uh, it's alright, mate. I've forgotten. Okay. And there's just silence now from the locker. Uh, Banfor feels something else is required of him, so he just says, generally, <laughs> what are you going to do? And he comes over, um, clearly not sure what everyone's doing, but just excited to be involved. Okay. Yeah. Trestlespoon says he wants us to give back our weapons. I think he wants to do something else to the weapons. Um, okay, as long as I get to keep the shoes. And he just grabs the scorpion tail and throws it in the hole. Yeah. I do the same with my auto-loading crossbow. Okay. Chuck it in the hole. Um, uh, and I'm like, um, thanks, Haydet. Um, is for Taran, she's searching for wielders. Um, I, I don't really know what to ask about her. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Close the <laughs> 
close it and turn it and then put the medallion back in my pocket. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, Let me just write that you guys. Does uh, Spoon also put in the Wand of Matthew? No, he didn't. Because Hayden did say magical items. Uh, he said weapons. Weapons. But you're right, he probably could have. But, but he didn't. didn't. It's just the scorpion tail. Okay, now that that's dealt with, what do you do? Um, <clears throat> so early-ish morning? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably 7, 7.30-ish. Do you want to set the scene for us in the... Okay, it is a lovely warm day. The sun is bright, uh, shining through the trees. Um, you have plenty of light by which to see that it is, uh, it's just going to be a lovely, easy day ahead of you. Um, the Did, road... Would you say that the sunlight is dappled? On the ground? Yes, it is, through the canopy of the trees, although it's a very thin forest, so there's more sunlight than shade. Mm. Interesting, interesting. It's, it's the sort of day that makes Marley want to sing while she's packing up her tent, you know? It's like, it's a lovely day today, <laughs> whatever you've got to do, it's your yes, lovely that, that, to that, be yeah, doing yeah. it with you. <laughs> and she's and just... Weird, Reese's, uh, producer from the 30s, <laughs> the big cigar comes out and goes, I gotta make you a real big star. <laughs> I'm like, ugh, Molly Craft is already a big star. There's one of the same place comes back and proves you wrong. Comes back and goes, we'll see about that when we get to Stonewall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molly, check out my backup. So, uh, therefore, um, uh, calls, heads back over to uh, Mouse Camp and uh, stands there and uh, speaks to the, um, the conductor mouse. Um, who has a special hat um, made out of the inside of the end of a finger, sort of hollowed out, and he puts it on, and it's got a toenail on it, um, and he paints it blue, and he's the guy that gets everyone aboard, and we're leaving, and I just go, all aboard, mate, and then he sort of shuffles every... They break camp, and they generally swarm up my body like a horrible, horrible cloak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then uh, I make, make my way to the trail. I'm, a, I'm picturing your mice being like um, in the Matrix when Neo first gets taken by like the silver liquid when he leaves mm, the Matrix for mm, the first time. Mm. Yeah, like your so mouse, what? The mice um, consume your body. Yeah, just imagine if puberty for a Greek man started at his toes and went up. <laughs> That's what it looks like when the mice come aboard. <laughs> like Greek puberty. <laughs> I'm sorry, Greek people, for so many reasons. Well, you know, my sister's married into a lovely Greek family. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what all of the stereotypes the are true. Every time I go there for Christmas, they're like, you're too skinny to get a husband. <laughs> I know, right? And then, like, you, you vacuum the place, and you've got to change the bag, like, four times. <laughs> Is your dog molting? And they're like, which dog? We don't have one. And you're like, man, Greeks. <laughs> um, so you guys pack up camp? <laughs> it's funny. I really enjoy unusual racism. Yeah, we cut most of it. <laughs> Just going up to the Swedes for no reason. <laughs> Go there to Jekistanis. Anyway, Malia has packed her tent into her bag and is munching on an apple that she pulled from somewhere. Okay, do you guys use your rations or anything that you've got? My uh, rations are apples. Oh, you've just got apples. You got <laughs> apple like an apple. No, I'm kidding. You're on a healthy apples it's only diet. It's not canon. It's not canon. So I would also like an apple, please. I toss so you an apple. And I toss Tristle Spoon yeah, an apple because he's going to ask for he it. He catches the first <laughs> apple you, you throw and then he holds up a second hand expectantly waiting for a second apple. Uh, well, I, I throw a twig at him. He bats the twig away and just like shoots you a glare of like, you know what I want. 
I've only got so many, Tress. We've got to pace ourselves. Ah, we can get more. (laughs) (laughs) How many did we buy off that cart, actually? Isn't that what Uh, we did? Like 40. (laughs) Yeah, actually, we probably don't need to pace ourselves. I'm just being... No, we can pretty much have as many apples as we want. We're (laughs) the apple spotter. That's our thing. It's kind of what we do. Um, okay, so you guys have... Which, by the way, is beautiful for Marley's backstory. I know, because I'm a cider <laughs> like, can't get away from apples. <laughs> Literally, apples are stalking me. They haunt me. <laughs> stalking you, get it? Because they have stalks. Yes, wow. I know. That is pure gold. I love that you picked that up and tried to own the joke that I created. When did you create it? When I said it. Yeah, but I said it louder and as a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you met the world? I hate you so as a, much. As a white man. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man, it's 2018. Apparently I'm the devil. Um, I was uh, around the like, Great. So, the four of you pack up camp. Uh, you get suddenly struck by the inspiration once again to open the dimension locker. It hits you like a ton of bricks of like, we should probably open it. Do you reckon I hate it? It's finished by now? I just have this sudden inspiration of feeling to get out my medallion again. Trestle Spoon is tugging at your at your belt, going like, open it, open it, open it, open it, open it, open it, open it. <laughs> Toy! I'm fine! And I'm like, Would it be safe to say that Vampor has a lesson to fetch, given that he has the interference of two other gods? Yeah. Uh, you, you, you can, yeah, it is lesser. You can feel it. You can feel it's like, like a some kind of tug, but for you it's easily ignorable. Cut. Mm. So I put out the medallion again and twist it. It's a key. I thought you told me it was a medallion. No, it's a key. It's okay, a large cool. key, like the size of a ukulele. Okay. So I hold two hands and I didn't like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you open it um, and first uh, you hear Hades' voice again answering your question about Taran and the wielders. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten what your question was. <laughs> uh, it's not really a question. It was just kind of like... Oh, was it just tell me about... <laughs> so she's uh, looking for the wielders? She's... Uh, yes, Taran is actually one of two immortal beings, uh, older than me, even, uh, whose sole purpose is to find wielders to prevent uh, cataclysms. Okay, well, that'll be why she was so powerful when she tried to, like, fuck us up. Well, she doesn't actually have any powers, but she's lived and trained for a very long time. Wait, did you just hear that in answer, or is this like a Doctor Who situation where I'm talking to a video? No, that was him anticipating <laughs> that you would say that. This is like a recorded message. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a Doctor Who situation. <laughs> Duck now, Sally! <laughs> and now there's nothing more. Okay. Um, uh, Trestle Spoon. Before you close it, uh, Bamford puts his hand on it and uh, holds out a hand. And then a small, uh, sort of clearly a priest mouse. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean clearly a priest? What does this mouse look like? Well, he has raiments made of uh, fingernails and hair um, that he's taken from the various body parts that I've stored about my person. Um, and he presents a small, uh, human leather book, um, and, and places it in the, um, in the Haydet locker, and then I close the door to the locker. Okay, before you did that, um, Trestle Spoon went, went to reach his hand into the locker to see if he could get that. I was going to say, don't close it. But yeah, so he, he went to reach and you closed it in front of him, and he looks at you sad. Just like, that gives you big puppy dog eyes. We haven't got our weapons out yet, Ben. Sample <laughs> opens it again, uh, and presumably the book is gone. Well, no, he, do- he doesn't necessarily no, always you, check it. You can reach in and see what, if it's still there. Was the book there? Yeah, you put your hand in, the book's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. You you can use the space as storage. Oh. Um, so he's not going to check it shouts into the hole, Hey! 
Okay, in the meantime, <laughs> Trestlespoon reaches in and pulls out two scorpion tails. He picks up one and then he grabs another one. He's like, ah. And he notices uh, that these now they now have two blades each. Wicked. And he has a little play where he like flicks them at a tree and flick, flick. Ah, sweet. And he, yeah, he's like, he's very happy with himself. And he walks away sort of swinging them a little bit, having a bit of fun with his new toys. As soon as he walks away, I would have been diving into that hole to get my crossbow. Okay, you reach and you find uh, with your hand the crossbow, although now it's noticeably bigger. Okay. Um, it's not a hand crossbow anymore, but it is still a one-handed weapon. Okay. Uh, and the first thing, uh, well, not first thing, the most important thing you notice is that there are now two bolts on it. Okay. Double shot, bruh. And I I swing it around, like, in excitement, aiming for the same tree that Trisselstone okay. was throwing his thing for. To see if it's still, like, auto-loading as well. Yep. So weapons. you pull the trigger, and yep. both bolts fire at the same time, and thaw into the tree. Yeah. And then they dissipate, and both end up back on the bug. And I, <coughs> I, I do this. <coughs> Did you see that? I know, look what I can do. And he, he starts swinging his two scorpion tails around like a helicopter. <laughs> and uh, all of you roll a deck save. Friday <laughs> <laughs> just flies up to get out of the ramp. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, no, that's okay. That's, that's 12. That's uh, 10. Possible. Okay, uh, <laughs> both of you <laughs> take six slashing damage as you try and duck out the way of these swinging blades. Okay. Luckily, he rolled very badly. Luckily. And then he says, sorry, mm. sorry, and he like sort of zips them back in like the vacuum cleaner cord. For boring purposes, do they still um, do 1d6 plus 2? Uh, yes, you, you now shoot two bolts of 1d6 plus dex. Okay. Um, you can either shoot both at the same target with a single attack roll, mm-hmm. or shoot at two targets with two attack rolls. Oh my god. So you can point it at two guards, for example, and shoot one left, one right. But you have to roll two attacks. Yeah. Is there a limitation on how far apart the targets are? Um, the range of the weapon is, I think, 60 feet, so I would say give it 30 feet between them. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. But what if I'm, like, Lara Crofting it and, like, rolling as I fire? Then (laughs) I will let you do it with disadvantage. (laughs) Amazing. Or roll the acrobatics check first to see how awesome you are at Lara Crofting. Amazing. Okay, so it's still one-handed, so I could still use two... Um, It's still still one-handed, but it's not a light weapon anymore, so you can't Um, use bonus actions to do a second attack. Okay, cool. Got you. Done. That's all my boring questions. Okay, so um, <laughs> after your little play and your Trissa Spoon apologizing, sorry that I just cut you, and Spritey laughing up in the sky, um, Spritey says, um, let's get going. This way. And points to uh, where you were heading. Cool. Cool. I'm like, yeah, uh, I know. Again, walking. Yep. And I would assume along the way access uh, potions and healing that we have on our person. Uh, yes, um, you can do that if you want to. I will now summarize. Um, you leave the forest and you have two entirely uneventful days of travel. Um, they are without any negative incident. The road is basically a straight line um, with a few little curves here and there. And it goes for miles and miles through rural land. Uh, you pass countless small farmhouses and homesteads. Uh, on the first day, the most interesting thing you encounter is... A patrol of Arkvale soldiers who pass you and engage in polite conversation as they pass. I don't uh, believe it. Roll charisma or just tell me how this goes from a role-playing perspective. 
So, do we come upon them, like, do we see them from a while uh, off? Yep, do we bump yep. into it's them? It's just open road, you see them coming, they see you coming. Bamfor puts his head down, uh, walks on the verge, on the side of the road, and just keeps going. So, Marley, wanting to test out her new skills, would have been like, Hey guys, I've written a new song, do you want to take a rest and listen to it? And, and does that and does enthralling performance at the okay. same time. So you guys rest on the side of the road. No, yeah, just, just, yeah. Okay, and you try and enthrall these soldiers. Yeah. Okay. How- Therefore, hangs out awkwardly two metres away from everyone. Cool. <laughs> How do you do enthralling performance? Um, I, I sing them a song that I've, I've made up in my head. Okay. Yeah. And do you, is there roles for this? Yeah, they, they need to do a wisdom save. Okay. They roll a 17. Oh, fuck, they passed. They they uh, look at they they pause and look at you and go, that's a nice song, miss. Thanks. Are you a performer? Yeah, Molly Kraft is my name. I was famous in Cyrus for a while. Kraft, Kraft. Oh yes, <laughs> we we used to drink Kraft cider. Yes, yes. Before, well, you know, family drama and orchard failure and you know how it goes. Yes. Uh... I, well, I don't know how it goes, but, well, um, you know. It's... You know, the dream is to get the orchard back up and running again one day. Oh, excellent. That sounds great. Uh, anyway, we've, we've got places we need to be. Okay. Well, best of luck on your travels. Bye. I really wanted to make them cluck like chickens for an hour. And they, they, all, like, <laughs> they all pick up their weapons and get back into step and just uh, continue down the road. Okay. Cool. Um, that night... Molly is annoyed. <laughs> that night, um, nothing at all happens. You just set up camp and it's uneventful. Spritey says he sets an alarm for the camp. Says um like once again, if if anything tries to attack us, I'll know about it. Um and then in the morning you wake up, nothing did. Cool. The second uneventful day, the most interesting thing that happens is you encounter a young tiefling man, possibly an oldish looking teen perhaps, uh in a blue cloak. He introduces himself as Dingar the Magnificent. And he boasts that he's an amazing wizard and he's on his way to Dantonair to wow the people with incredible feats of magic. He rolls a 20 for performance to show you his amazing feats of magic. He uh, waves his hands about. He's got little little popping fireworks and things and little explosions coming out of his hands. It's a very uh, cool pyrotechnic little display that he does for you. And then he does this kind of like, huh? 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 Bamboo says, um, you know magic's like a thing. He's like, oh yeah, of course it is. I just, I'm great at it. I'm Dingo the Magnificent. Yeah, but I've killed things more magnificent than you. Um, like a lot of things. Um, like a lot, a lot. But people are going to like what I do, right? Yeah, but they still might rob you and or murder you. Um, I'm having second thoughts about this. <laughs> oh, you'll be all right. Just all right. You're a little poppy thing. Do it again. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, that's a two. He tries, and he's so nervous now that he's like, he's just like. Spider-Man hasn't figured out how to shoot his webs yet. He's like waving his hands going, Um, it's not working! Why is this working? And, uh, Van Force, like, sort of grabs him by the, by the, by the, uh, by the collar and pushes him against the tree and goes, Do it again! Oh, Jesus. Okay, so intimidate? Yeah. Uh, that's an 18 plus, uh, 4, so 22. Uh, yeah, he, he wets himself. <laughs> You see the front of his, his light blue cloak starting to get darker. Uh, and he's like, just presses on his chest and goes, come on, mate, uh, do it again. But uh, he, he does. He puts his hand right in front of your face and this bright flash of light goes off in your face. Uh, roll a con save. 
Uh, 15. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it blinds you very temporarily, and you're like, fuck. Uh, he goes, uh, Banfor said, good, good. Just learn how to do it when you're scared, and you'll be all right. Um, thanks, I guess. Can you let me go now, please? No, I can't. Do it again. Banfor! Stop He's currently holding him sideways against the tree. <laughs> Do it again, he says while shaking him. Bam for that was funny the first couple of times, but I think he's getting a bit scared now. Plus, he smells a lot like pee. Just let him go. Bam for says, oh, sorry, mate. Do you want a mouse? He's sobbing now. He just goes, Tinker Magnificent. Bam for pats him on the back somewhat squelchingly and just hands him a half a dozen mice. That just... Just what, clamber onto his clothes? Yes. He's like, oh, I don't, okay, bye, bye. Bamboo says, don't, don't worry about it. They'll take care of themselves. Uh, and if you hurt them, I'll know. Um, all right. Then he, he walks away, muttering under his breath, why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? <laughs> and that night, <laughs> you set up camp by the road, and bop, 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 that is a... Oh, you're lucky. Nothing happens again. Oh. Nice. Uh, on the third day, you wake up, and after a few hours of walking, you come to a fork in the road. Uh, there is an old wooden signpost. With... I love a good fork. Don't we all? <laughs> Especially in the road, too. Yeah. Bit of road fork. Mm. It's real nasty. Yeah. Um, nasty gritty road fork. Gritty as hell. <laughs> just gritty, you know? Just new new grit. Yeah. Getting on your bits. Yeah. It's better than sand. Um, well, I mean, barely. There... It's just big sand. <laughs> There is an old... Big sand. There is... Put it on my fucking (laughs) gravestone. Rocks are just big sand. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. We're breaking down barriers in this podcast. Rocks. Breaking down rocks. Rocks are just big sand. (laughs) Rocks are just big sand, bro. (laughs) I'm so confused with my life. (laughs) (laughs) You come to a fork in the road, and there is an old wooden signpost with three weather-worn signs nailed near the top. <laughs> yes, I said nailed. <laughs> <laughs> the sign pointing to the left says, Boft, Brugian Desert, Omega Lake. The sign pointing straight ahead, right in, which points directly into a very thick, dense forest, says, Great Brugian Wood, Storm Stonewall. And the sign pointing to the right says, Kerim, Kerim Mines, Great South Peaks. Wait, you just did right twice. Uh, no, left, straight, oh, right. Straight. Bamfor, as a leaf upon the stream and somebody who has only ever had bad things happen by making decisions, keeps walking straight. Okay, so you just plow straight through towards the dense forest. I just keep walking. Okay. Uh, that's uh, the right way. Trestlespoon just goes, adventure, and runs after you at your heels. And um, Spritey looks to Marley and says, Well, we are going to Stonewall. Yes, but I'm never sure that the straight way is a good choice. <laughs> Hashtag RuPaul. <laughs> um, uh, well, I suppose, you know, we haven't met anything yet we can't defeat, so... <laughs> and we've done completely fine in dense forests. As you... <laughs> things that take us in a forest every time. As you start to walk into the forest, um, Marley and uh, Spritey, who haven't entered the forest yet, see a figure 
walking towards you from the left road. Uh, you see a shortish human man with dark shoulder-length hair. Uh, he has a well-made dark brown cloak and has multiple pouches dangling visibly around his body. Uh, he's walking with a long wooden staff adorned with black and white beads that clink together pleasantly as he approaches. Uh, his boots are muddy and he looks tired and weary like he could do with a good rest. Marley being who Marley is is like, Hail fellow traveller! Hail! And what brings you along the road? Marley's always keen for a stop. I'm travelling to the southern mountains. I I grew up um, in in the south of Bruce, and I wanted to just I've uh, been travelling for a long time, and I wanted to check on my home. What what brings you to the Brucean wood? We're going to Stonemore. <sighs> for uh, grabs Spider McSteen face by the face <laughs> and holds him, just holds him where he is, and says, "We're going somewhere." Shush. <laughs> Therefore, then lets him go ungently. <laughs> dick! Therefore <laughs> says, I'll show you a dick. <laughs> he will! Don't make him do it! Therefore then says, Oh, don't worry about it. I've got less than I should. Good thing about torturers, they go for your nuts and dick first. <laughs> uh, um, so we were travelling around and we were talking to an Arkvale posse and they sort of mentioned that, you know... Stonemore might be worth a touristy look, I, I, I guess. That makes sense. There's, there's a large, a large lake on the way. It's, it's all sort of very, very pleasant countryside on the way there. You're sort of, you're not in the mountains, but you get a nice view of them. Yeah. And, and, and from what we hear, there's a nice large city, which might need some, you know, things done for it, some work to be picked up, maybe, you know, we're, we're looking for a job as well, you know, when we get there. Hmm, I, I do. I do something similar. I um, I travel from town to town and and work at some of the smithies. Nice. Be handy to have a trade. I mean, I have one, obviously. And she pulls out her saxophone. Therefore, <laughs> says, "So do I." And pulls out um, a uh, disenfaced face and his axe. <laughs> this character is going to look at Banfor. Like many characters look at Banfor in a fairly confused, <laughs> slightly intimidated fashion. And then uh, kind of just refocus back over onto Marley in the hopes that things will make more sense. Just think of it as theatre. That's kind of what I do. He's like a really fucked up player character. You know? like, And it's like one of those travelling troops and you're like, that guy's screwed up when you watch the play. It's kind of just my day to day. Yeah. Uh, Bamboo comes over and goes, Yeah, it's a wild time now in me. I'll tell you that right now. A lot of people don't want to do it. Uh, but you seem fun. Where are you going? Are you coming with us? What's What's your name, Traveller? I am Fadan. Fadan. Um, can, I, can I ask your name? He's, he's going to look sort of at Bamboo being the closest. Bamboo um, holds out a hand. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily his. And says, um, uh, well, that squire, uh, Banfor, what is the name? Uh, General Murders, uh, the game currently. And these are my mice. And the mice all wave. Fadan is going to shake the hand, um, entirely unconcerned about whose it may, might have been. Um, 
and then move on to use a different hand to extend to Marley. And uh, Marley, Marley shakes. Cool. Marley shakes uh, with like a firm grip. It's like a, you know, like a cider orchard grip, not a... While you're shaking, <laughs> while Fadan and Marley are shaking hands, Spritey lands on their handshake uh, and looks up directly into Fadan's eyes and says, Oh, you don't need to be told who I am. Do you know Fadan this guy? is going to give an awkward grin and be... and attempt to make it seem like he does know who this tiny man is. Okay, does Marley clock that? Roll deception, uh, Fadan, and Marley roll insight. Oh, please let it be good. I oh, rolled a 10 on my deception. It's it's a 14 for me. It's all right. Um, uh, Spritey rolled a four. So uh, Spritey's like, I knew you were a fan. And then just flies away. Uh, Bamford steps up real close to Fadan. Like, uncomfortably close and then closer. <laughs> and leans down and points in his face and goes... You. I like you. You seem fun. <laughs> and then uh, wanders up about his business. Let me just point out, one of the things I really like about uh, Alex's character is that he wrote in, in his description that his staff has clinking black and white beads, and I love that he mm. added sound to his character description. Oh, that's wonderful, Which yeah. I think is so fucking cool. Going through the sensory spectrum. I'm sorry. Banfall's character description has smell involved. Yeah, come on now. Although he himself cannot smell. smell, more smell, more sight. (laughs) There's so much to see and smell. I've just a lot to take in. You're like... Well, I I was before they started cutting, obviously. You're like Rotorua. Rotorua, the sights and smells. Well, it's it's good to meet um, such interesting characters with uh, such a friendly disposition. Um, seeing as how we're at the crossroads, did you want to sit down, take a meal before moving on? Banfor uh, pulls from his voluminous robes um, a bottle um, which just has... What's the symbol of the god of death? That's your axe sword. Mm-hmm. The axe sword is the symbol of the god of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just got that printed on it. Nice. And, and offers it over. Padan will enthusiastically drink from that bottle. Bamford will we'll take another swig and hand it back immediately. Both of you roll con saves. I'm like, you know, drinking anything with Sorgamol's sign on the side of it is not a great move. <laughs> Bamford hits an eight. I have a four. I I throw Fadan an apple without even saying anything. Yeah, so you guys roll pretty low con saves. Uh, you both get a bit of a bit of a light buzz. Yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to be helpful and I think I'm throwing you guys a snack, but I throw an apple at you. And with your cons. Uh, roll, just roll a dex save. See if you catch it or get hit by it. <laughs> that is a 15. Uh, yeah. Spider reflexes. Snap. Got it. <laughs> and I'm like, you want uh, one, Bamf? Uh, Bamf all goes, hey! And I toss you an apple. You want one, Tress? Uh, uh, yeah, okay. He's gone off apples a little bit after after the vomiting up. <laughs> I know, and he said his name much less in this part of the interview. <laughs> yeah. uh, I talked about Apple anyway, even though he's not super keen on it. And I bring out of my pack not an apple, I bring out the blood weed. And I'm like, anybody want? 
It's <laughs> like 11 o'clock um, in the morning. Like, like, snaps to your side. Like, it was, it was as though he was always there. He's there so quickly. <laughs> um, and takes the blood weed in total. I got this in Tanzania. Hey, I want some. Bamfor is uh, judiciously uh, ripping up the weed and passing it to a small um, factory that's built on one of the, the mouse gantries on the front of his armor um, that is rolling what could be known as a big old fat joint. Okay. You know, that's uh, not very sanitary. Uh, Bamfor says, I don't know, they're perfectly clean. They use urine. And, uh, you know, that's all good. Um, and then he um, proffers upwards quite the joint. I'm like, um, all right, all right. Well, you have the first puff then. Uh, uh, Leave some for me. Bamfor looks at Spidey and goes, you're a bit of a puff. Do you want to light it, light it up? Um. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'd be able to, but if you can get it started, I'll, I'll certainly pro- well, very likely get a contact. Does anybody, where's that fucking devil man with the sparks gone when you need him? Am I right? Fadan is going to reach over and use prestidigitation to light the joint for Banfor. Nice. Just uh, click his fingers and just underneath it and it'll light up just at the end. Otherwise, uh, Marley's there Banfor does <laughs> an overly courteous bow direct all the way to the ground and says, well, I guess so. Is your, is your drag- axe on your back at the moment? The who? Is your axe on your back at the moment? My axe sword, uh, I think that I uh, limber it at my side. Okay. So, like, imagine high chest. So, like, uh, I imagine, like, essentially a pop button, but just, like, a weak leather strap that I can rip off. Mm-hmm. And it sits um, below my right nipple and hangs down to the side. Okay. It's, it's... I don't like the whole pulling off the back thing. It doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. You know? to... So, as you're bowing down, Fadan's going to look... Like, sort of pop his head to the side and look directly at at that weapon and just say, hey, that's that, that, that's quite a, an, an interesting an interesting d- device, weapon you have there. Therefore, backs up a step, uh, mid-puff, places his hand on it and says, yeah, and it's fucking mine. Mike, you're being paranoid. Pass the blood weight. <laughs> uh, Bamfor passes the blood to the left-hand side. <laughs> Pass the blood to the left-hand side. Pass the blood to the left-hand side. We're white. Yeah, Marley has a big old puff. Trestle Spoon's not really partaking in the group activity. He's sort of hovering on the outskirts of the group. Is it because he's not here? Yes. Uh, but also, he it, it looks like he is looking, he keeps looking upward. He's looking for something. And you've noticed over the last few days, every now and then he's been muttering, like, something about a raven. And now he, 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 he's kind of standing on the outskirts of the forest, like, looking up at the tree line and being like, um, hmm, okay. He's, like, looking for something. And I, 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 I do see him, and I'm like, Jeff and Simon aren't likely to be back yet. <laughs> well, it's not them I'm worried about. What? What are you worried about? And I have another big old puff before handing it back to Bamf. Uh, Bamf passes it to, um, God, how have I forgotten your name? Fadan. Fadan. And says, Jeff and Simon are friends of ours. Well, one of them is a mouse. The other's a pigeon. But they have human names. <laughs> Fadan's going to accept that. <laughs> sort of pretend to smoke it. 
because he's hanging out with some unfamiliar people sure. who look like they could get really violent really quickly. Hashtag safety first. <laughs> and then and then just sort of wander over and hand it to Trestle Spoon because he thinks that he's being polite and, and including everybody. Yeah. Also, Alex, I appreciate a huge amount that you gestured handing a joint down <laughs> while, while seated. When referencing Tristle's poem, that um, Tris, to me, sir, is beautiful. Tris takes it and he ha- he has another look around the forest, and then he goes, eh, and then just takes a puff. Um. Meanwhile, Marley's going past the bloodbed on the left hand side. She realizes that she's been she's been singing for about a minute, and then she realizes that she could probably try and fuck with the people that she's like just been singing in front of because all they need to have been doing is listen for a minute <laughs> and they have to roll wisdom sacks. Okay, everyone roll a wisdom sack. <laughs> I wasn't so low. You're looking for a 16. Tress and Spoon failed. Sprite failed. Yeah. Tress and Sprite both failed. I had 13. Yeah, nah. You needed a 16. Sixteen's brutal. Okay, <laughs> sorry. That's a brutal roll. I just one on this. This is great. So yeah, for the me next, too. So for the next hour, you know that you've been charmed, but you are totally charmed by me. And I'd like to say that we are all doing a conga line. <laughs> I've, I've been making circle. you do the the pass the dutchy guards <laughs> because um, like so you've been like passing it with a leg in the air and been wiggling your butts all over the place given that we know that we're being challenged <laughs> i would like to say that we're all doing this while cussing you out <laughs> yeah exactly so we're doing this and fun I'm, uh, I'm this still fun singing. group down to be like you're a fucking bitch you're a fucking asshole <laughs> this is totally worth it i'm gonna punch you in your tip just is stoked off her face having a great old time watching them. What? She's got them to conga line, she's got them to do the macarena. I'm going to pronounce macarena like it's Tanea Maui, by the way. <laughs> yep, she's got you them to do You know the macarena? No, she got trestle spoon to do a porphyry with his, like, his dad. This is my daughter, macarena. It's macarena. Oh, Mark Hardiner. Mark Hardiner. Yeah. Oh, Molly's having a gay old time. <laughs> it's Spritey is like doing a jig, and, and like with a big smile on his face, but he his, he looks happy, but the words coming out of his mouth are, um, "Now you're out of your mind control. You're so dead. You're so dead." <laughs> Molly is so stoned. She's in hysterics. Rolling around. Saying, I'm gonna eat your fucking corpse. I'm gonna eat your corpse. Um, okay, the hour goes by. What does Fadan do under this state? I'm assuming that there's going to be a slightly, like, <laughs> larger amount of white around the pupils. Yeah. Sort of like, hey, I'm participating. <laughs> and terrified, <laughs> but I'm participating. Well, you're enthralled, you have to participate. <laughs> yeah. You're not stoned, but you're I was enthralled. like, guys, I could be doing hey, a lot worse to you. <laughs> I could be totally doing a lot worse to you. Just remember that. All I wanted was a dance party, and I've got my dance party. I'm so going to pixie dick you later. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep tight tonight, man. Worth it. Worth it. Fuck your nose. Wake up in the morning. You'll smell like pixie juice. Oh my god. Okay, the hour goes by. It wears off. Everyone is really tired. Everyone feels quite drained, and it's like just past midday. The sun is high in the sky. Uh, You haven't yet entered this forest. Uh, Therefore, and slaps in the back of the head. Okay, roll an uh, roll an unarmed attack. Uh, six for six, twelve. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, do- I dodge yeah, it. She dodges. She kind of clumsily leans forward and you swipe it dead in. <laughs> I'm still what, laughing. It's just hitting her with big, whatever the offensive gesture is in Ison. It's the, it's the ring finger. Put up like that. Yeah. He's ring. doing that and he's biting it and throwing it at it's it. It's somebody do. else's hand. Do you bite so your ring finger at me, sir? <laughs> he essentially biting the nail of some dead person's hand. <laughs> He's just throwing hands with their ring finger up at you. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough. I deserve that. I deserve that. Sorry, guys. The blood weed might have gotten the better of me. <laughs> Apple says, well, Spratty's still going to fuck your nose, so. <laughs> Dream sweet. Yeah, it's pixie dick so small, I probably won't feel a thing. <laughs> Let's make up and find out. <laughs> <laughs> and Spritey in like a, a almost like a, a fit of motivation goes alright let's do it anyway and just zips into the forest out and uh, out of sight uh Banfall goes oh and follows mm. the yeah. adventure I guess Molly's Molly's got her rations out and she's humming into it she had the munchies on the other side of that so she's she's following but she's like eating for done what do you do it's right on brand for me to be eating. Just want to say that. Yeah. All right. Um, Fadan is is going to sit down on. He's right. He's still at the crossroads. There's a forest right there. There's a few logs. He's going to sit down. He's going to have some rations, which he kind of wanted to do in the first place before p- participating in an impromptu mind control conga line. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this episode: <laughs> impromptu mind control conga line. Um, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and then he is going to cast Disguise Self. Okay. I um, like where this is going. <laughs> well, do they see you? Or is that... No, oh, they've, they've wandered they've off into the... Yeah, okay. They've cool. zipped into the forest um, and or wandered into the forest while eating. Yeah, um, I'm pretty slow. So I am going to cast Disguise Self and then for- follow because I would really like to know more about Banfor and his axe and his hands. Okay, what do you look like now? Um, so since, since we're going into basically the short people's party, I'm gonna, there's half of this, right? No, it's a, no, no half orc, half elf, what? and... No, other halflings in Aizen. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go as a slightly taller than normal halfling. Okay. Um, a three-quarter length. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Three-third length. Um, <laughs> That still has a staff minus the beads. Yep. But because disguise self can't actually do anything about it, it's still gonna have to come back. Um Interesting. Wearing a normal um dark purple traveller's cloak. Um wandering wandering in the same direction, because I figure you're probably not gonna go that quickly. Yep. because um, you're high. Is, is along, your own... <laughs> along the path you then hear thump 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 getting louder. And knees up in a full sprint, Banfor passes you by, going the other way, and then you hear it as he um, screeches to a halt, and as he catches back up with you and goes, "Did you see our mate? Mate, did you see Tristle's proof? Who's what? Did where are you going?" Tristle yells, "That's not me!" Banfor goes, "Thank you. Who are you? You have you seen our friend?" His name is Fiddler. It's hard to get over there. Fidan! Fiddleline! It's Fiddler. Have you seen him? Kevin! Fedora! Fiddler! 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 No, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen 
anybody else for about at, at least an hour on the road. Um, Mali has still got some of the lingering effects of blood weed and is super paranoid right now. Like, you, who are you? Who are you? Just they will go and tell he's me about staring yourself. directly into Not for Dan's eyes and says, "That's crazy. Do you think? Do you think we imagined him? Quickly, come with me to my friend and takes off back to the group." I just want to remind the squatter that the last half one you saw was the red robed priest who almost killed you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I'm fucking ripped. Okay, sweet. Alright, um, the purple robed, taller than normal half leg is going to take off after band four. Um, not necessarily sprinting, but at a sort of gentle jog. It, it freaks me out, and as you get closer, I'm like, ah, who are you? <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I pass. <laughs> Excessive care of the fucked up, so sort of just shushes Marley and it's like, it's okay, it's okay. I read his aura. I, I, ca- he's okay. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I cast detect thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, who is this fuck? Ooh, interesting. Would detect thoughts break through? No, it just gets surface thoughts. It wouldn't break through any kind of illusion. Unless he's thinking. About oh, the if you've cast it before yeah. and you could match up the thoughts, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so you get the surface thoughts of this. Halfling appearing person? Yes. And those surface thoughts are? Just top of mind shit. Nothing to. It's going to be interest in the the very big person. Sure. Yeah. Um, and especially um, the axe. And for some reason, a bottle with the same symbol as the axe. Okay. And instantly, I would ask you... Why are you interested in his axe? And you can wisdom save against my prose being, if you like. for hearing that, clutches the axe to himself like an old lady with his purse. And that would probably freak you out a little bit. <laughs> Alright, I have a wisdom save of five. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I, so, so I'm like, why are you interested in the axe? And whatever you think or say in response to that, I would know. Well, it's it's... It looks cool. And then I would know what you were thinking about that because you failed on your wisdom say. Yeah, so she knows the truth behind the words. 100% because it looks like the symbol of the god of death. Therefore, looks at Marley. What does Marley convey with her eyes? He's obsessed with death. That doesn't Bam- sound good for us. Do you want to kill us? Therefore, squeaks the leg and sits upon him. I'm too young to die, says the 200-year-old gnome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I ask you, do you want to kill us? No, no, no! No, I, 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 I work with death. Yes. Does my wisdom saving roll continue for a couple of questions? I don't know. This. I don't know the parameters of the spell either. I would say it's probably run out. You've got, you've got his thoughts out of him. Okay, cool. So I don't know if he wants to kill us or not. No. Okay. You could roll insight to see anyway. Or I can intelligence versus his intelligence to probe further. Apparently. Okay. I don't think my intelligence is very good. Yeah, contested. Contested. I have a seven. Well, I have a nine, so... You're both dumb as fuck. But one slightly more dumb around. (laughs) (laughs) So what do I I think? I mean, that was just whether I thought that you really were not trying to kill us or, you know, like, what do I... So I would probably think that he's telling the truth, right? Uh, Yeah, I'd say you, you feel like he's telling you the truth. Uh, you don't feel like he's a danger to you. Okay. Banfor, don't kill him. I don't think he's actually trying to kill us. You can keep sitting on him for a bit if you like, but don't sit on him too hard. 
Bedboards um, got a knife in his hand, but has quite obviously forgotten what he was doing, and it's sort of just picking his nails. Tristan. And just looks at you and goes, huh? You're sitting on a dude. Um, oh, hello, 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 <laughs> mate. How are you? Where did, where did you come from? He doesn't want to kill us, so you can probably let him up. But just don't let him run. Tristan Spoon tries to do a cool, like, using his, one of his scorpion tails to do the eyes, pointing at eyes like I'm watching you sort of thing at Fadar. But he clumsily accidentally whips the blade out of the <laughs> handle and, like, flicks past his own head. And he's like, ah, and he just looks very uncool. Stand forward does with uh, somebody else's fingers that I'm watching you, but with actual fingers, although not his own. Um, I'd like to think that Vanfor has like a wardrobe of hands in different positions, um, like two fingers out, two fingers spread, uh, whole hand spread, fist. Like he's got options. Like you've got like like a um, a catalog. I've got in a, a set of emojis. <laughs> Nice. You know, I've got the emojis from an Apple iPhone, but via somebody's disembodied and rotting hand, <laughs> as which is know. also being used as a natural resource by a community of mice. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Um, so this forest is, uh, it, it gets increasingly dark. <laughs> the deeper you get in, it's a lot. Are we walking? We haven't finished doing this. Oh, oh, as this is leading up to what just happened. Uh, so where you are is currently quite dark. There's a very dense, thin canopy over here, uh, with, you can see very, very minor little dapples of sunlight that make it through the canopy. Okay. But for the most part, it is extremely low light. Right. For the last time, you. Who are you? And what have you done with our friend that we were just smoking blood weed with? For Dan. Alright. He's gonna... Assuming he's not still being sat on. Um, sit up. And then just release the disguise. So he's gonna elongate, but it's gonna be less um, startling because he was already a fairly tall halfling. Mm. Um, and... Because he's sitting, there's less of a height difference as the spell releases. As this happened, Molly goes, oh, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> You're Bamboo. okay, the camera. Bamboo <laughs> <laughs> wags a finger and goes, I thought so. <laughs> and then quite horribly says, I didn't. <laughs> uh, okay, don't fuck with the apple squatter. You get sat on, as we've just proven. Dude, what's up? Why are you, like, following us weirdly obsessed with the axe sword thing? He's some kind of shape-shifting demon! Kill him! I'm not going to kill him for no good reason. <laughs> Alright. Fadan's going to um, get up and walk over to Banfor on the side that his axe isn't on and reach out and touch one of the hands <laughs> and cast Gentle Repose. Uh, Banfor is... Watching him quizzically, but but is is just sort of letting him do his thing. This is going to involve um, sprinkling a bit of salt on the hand and placing one copper piece on the hand as well. Um, and Bedford says, says uh, it costs more than that, mate, and you're going to want some pepper as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, gentle repose, um, basically prevents the decay of um, of a corpse and the, the target cannot become undead so that hand isn't going to come back to life anytime soon um, and Fadan's going to say I work in some magics that involve death and 
Banfor here appears to deal in some of the same energies, so it looked really interesting. Okay. Alright. Well, I tell you, it's not all fun and games, you know. Banfor's being stalked by two gods. Banfor says, have you ever been so popular? Which, which, which gods? T- two gods? And, and, uh, this guy, and he holds up his axe. And uh, somebody, uh, Chaos. Urzak. Chaos. Urzak and Dead Man Face. Sorghumal. Sorghumal. That's him. I've never met them, you know. You know, when you've only heard of someone, but you haven't met them, you don't have a face to the name. It's like that. It's like most people have heard of me, but they haven't had the pleasure of meeting me. Shut up. Therefore, flicks Squirty Mix Beta Steam Face because he's being an unrivaled gun again. So I'm just going to tuck away the fact that his name is Spritey because he never figured that part out. Right. Um, uh, Tr- Spoon, meanwhile, um, climbs up onto a boulder beside the road uh, you know, with his little blow, um, blow, with his little blue glowing boots Ooh. lighting up as he walks up the side of this boulder and he stands and then he yells back, um, guys, you might want to come and see this. Is it Simon? No, it's something else. Okay, uh, well, you... Don't be tricking us again, and I mean it. You can only come with us if you're going to be bloody honest from now on. Are, are you Are you going to make me dance again? No, that was only when I was high. <laughs> are you going to get high again? Well, I have. <laughs> I've run out of blood weed, so I mean, I need more before I can do that. So probably of not. Acts around in the most serious, cold sweat face you've seen, and says. We don't have any more blood weed. Well, I don't have any more. <laughs> but it's all right, Bev. Okay. I've got lots of alcohol for you. You'll be fine. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, I mean, don't just spring it, don't just spring it on a it's guy. It's okay, Banfor, and I hand over I mean, one of the flasks I have in my bag, which is full of whiskey. Banfor um, bites the top off it, and not the cork, the glass, <laughs> and, and uh, drains the entire thing. Sweet. Now that he's sorted. Yeah, meanwhile, Do you understand? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Sprite, let's go. Sprite flies up to where um, Dresselspoon's standing on the boulder and says, What the fuck is that? And I say, Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I. Can I peer around it or do I have uh, to yeah. climb over it? I don't know if you can peer around it. It's not, it's not blocking the road. It's just, it's just beside it's like the it's road. It's a better viewpoint yeah, there, uh, obviously. Um, and what you see is the same thing that Dresselspoon and Sprite are seeing which is about 30-odd uh, feet away uh, on the forest floor. There uh, what is what looks like the mauled remains of some soldiers. There's, like, arms and legs and blood and guts so, like, all kind of spread about the path. And there are three furbirds who are sort of, like, just picking at it, like, investigating the scene. Yeah. Um, I, I instantly cast Speak With Animals on myself. Okay. What's your song? <sighs> I can speak clearly now no. with animals. No, it's Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm there were a lot of animals, E-I-E-I-O, and I can talk to them all, and I can talk to them all. <laughs> there we go, there we go, all the animals, Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and I just walk over. <laughs> that was the best bard song you've ever done. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I, I walk over and I go, the hell happened here? Roll animal handling. Oh, that is not good because that was a two. And what is my animal handling? Oh, plus five, so seven. They all turn startled. 
towards you and they all sort of um, take a defensive position around their find um, and then one of them at the front of their uh, formation says who are you what are you doing uh, travellers wondering why there was a whole lot of dead people wait you can understand us that's weird again I have a fur bird who's a friend actually and then that one that's talking looks back at its friends and then it, it takes a few hesitant steps towards you sniffing at the air I can smell one on you. Yeah, his name was Mananui. I don't know this Mananui. But he was a friend, so no harm from me. Jake, is she cool? Yeah, she's cool. <laughs> what What happened? I mean, there's a lot of dead people. I'm not going to eat them. They're all yours. Uh, but, like, what happened? Very kind. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> we just found this. Looks like people, humans, being killed by... Something. Have you seen anything like this before? Do you know what could have done this? Uh, it's probably the troll. The troll? Yeah. There's been a couple of animals killed in the last few days by, by a troll. It lives somewhere in these woods. Right. Okay. We, cool. haven't, we haven't seen them, but the, the birds and, and the, the rats have kind of been talking about it. How, how, it's, has anybody said about how big this thing is? Or? Well, have you ever seen a troll? Well, yeah, but, like, is it normal kind of size troll, or are we talking, like, excessively big troll here? Oh, no, I heard it's not that big. Oh, yeah, yeah, you heard it's not that big. It's just normal troll. Okay, all right. Eight to ten feet tall, probably. You're hearing any rumours about where it's hanging out? I mean, obviously here, but, like, can Uh, we avoid it somehow? uh, I I haven't seen it in the southern side of the forest, but uh, maybe it lives on the north side of the road. Okay, all right. Well, cheers for the combo. Uh, thanks for being a good guy. Yeah, no, alright. You and your mates, cool? Yeah, no, we're tight, cool. Uh, we're just gonna pass on by, I think, and keep going. Uh, try and stay away from this. through boxes for, uh, curios, whatnots, and valuables. What was that? I'm, uh, Banfor is rifling through the corpses for curios, whatnots, and valuables. I've gone from going... (laughs) To go, Banfor, you did not touch that, because seriously... They're really keen on eating this stuff, uh, and I've told them we're going to leave it alone. Yeah. One of them Banfor says, I'm not thinking anything edible. One of them that's closest to Banfor sort of, like, nudges you with the side of its head uh, in a, a sort of a, an asserting dominance kind of way, but not overly threatening, just sort of, like, piss off. Uh, Banfor nudges it back with his head. <laughs> I, I say to them, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he's, he's, he's searching the bodies for things that aren't edible. Okay, what you find, um, you find um, a few boots of, uh, so there are three, you, you ascertain there are the bits of three corpses, um, you find some arms and legs, bits of uniform, uh, uh, two spears, a couple of shields, some belts, uh, you don't find, uh, you find like a pouch, which you presume might have been in like a money pouch, but it's been torn open, and so if, if the coins were ever in it, they're probably scattered throughout the forest. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, and then the furbirds hear, uh, like a screeching, roaring sort of sound. Uh, echoing through the woods, and they all look at each other, and then they look at you and go, shit, and they flee and to I, the, I go, the south. And I run? <laughs> they flee Therefore, to the south. Therefore, uh, path. really low in a, in a guttural voice, whispers to himself, pancakes. Cracks his, his elbows, shoulders, and fingers, and a grin of a corpse-like grin <laughs> rises on his face. His eyes light up, and he looks happier than he has ever been. And take us out of the episode, Oliver. 
that's the end of the episode. Kapai! A dark forest? A strange death-obsessed wizard? A scary troll scream from somewhere in the trees? Tune in for episode 9 to see what the Squadeth is about to walk into. Alrighty, thanks for listening, friends. See you next time for more silly roleplay goodness. Kakitayano!